Jordan is on best. Harper's on middle. Play together, they believe. Um, if Harris Levert is cold, Levert back in. Speed. Oh, he's a one-man wrecking crew. Holiday shot clock down to six. Finds Warren. three. Welcome to another edition of the Indie Cornrows Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Schindler. As always, before we get started today, if you haven't already, please be sure to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. And of course, read us over at Indie Cornrows. Um, joined tonight by, you know, as always, my co-host Tom Lewis, an editor over at Indy Cornrows. Uh, we're coming at you 120 to 118 victory uh, tonight against the Orlando Magic. Uh, we have a lot to, to talk on. I think there's both some positives and negatives. I want to start talking about some of the good stuff. Uh, but number one, Tom, how are you doing today? Oh, doing great. Nothing like uh, OT win pulling it out when it didn't look like it was going to happen at all. <laughs> Uh, so somehow the, the Pacers team showed some guts again in a close game down the stretch and, and made the made, ultimately made the plays uh, to get it done. So uh, very nice W considering, you know, looking at the schedule as we, we talked about before, uh, this is a game they really, really need to win after dropping those two. So um, all is well, ends well. Like I always say, just one baby, JWB, get it done. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely a lot more optimistic about the just one baby than I am. Uh, in looking at tonight's game, the first thing I, I want to talk about, Jeremy Lamb was awesome. Uh, I mean, I, I maybe not game ball, but I thought he was huge tonight. Uh, just the fact that he put up the final stat line, 22-7, and seven, shooting 50% from the floor, got to the line eight times, um, which is probably not something that's going to hold up. Uh, Derek Kramer, uh, also known as iPacers blog, um, was sure to let me know, you know, he's, he's not going to get fouled on floaters that often, which is true. I was, uh, those being serious with small sample size, but regardless, I mean, he had the most offensive rebounds on the team, which is not something we're going to hear often. Um, just had a really good all around game and looks like Jeremy lamb out on the court um, played actually pretty well defensively too. I thought, I mean, he's always somebody who's very, uh, he's definitely a risky defender in the passing lanes, which can bite him sometimes, but um I don't know. I thought he played really, really good all around game. It's just awesome to see him uh, performing this well, considering it hasn't even been a year since he was injured. And this is his second game back. Yeah. And, and you know, that length that he has is, is kind of where he gets that, you know, defensive uh, risk taking, I think, you know, he had the one poke from behind and um, he's looking to make plays like that. And sometimes I think that gets him in trouble. <laughs> um, like you say, uh, defensively, but yeah, overall, I mean, you know, I played 28 minutes and, and, you know, there were times where it looked like he's coming back from a knee injury, uh, you know, it was kind of transition play on defense where he didn't even consider, you know, going up and, and contending and uh, a few little things like that. But overall, like I say, he's still, you know, a great veteran playmaker out there, especially coming off the bench. I mean, that's um, huge. So, uh, he, he came up big, especially with uh, Justin Holiday having foul trouble today. So I think that pushed his minute limit up as well. And, you know, he was he was in there uh, at, at crunch time, um, which I, I was at, at times thinking there were a couple of times when he was in there and I thought I personally would have preferred McDermott to be in there just for the shot-making um, threat. But, hey, 
he, he made the plays and he, he earned it. So um, in the end, you know, they, they got it done. And, and uh, it's nice to see him out there. And I mean, that's got to help, you know, speed up his recovery. I mean, he, he's back in the mix fully. So, um, and they beat him. Um, so uh, it's great to see him out there. Yeah, I totally agree. Obviously, another bright spot, Miles Turner came back today after missing a game with the, the avulsion fracture in his hand. Um, originally, I thought he sat most of the uh, close of the fourth quarter in, in, in OT um, because of his hand. Uh, and actually, Nate Bjorker in, in postgame presser uh, said that it was due to cramps. So, I mean, if you look back, mm-hmm. he played 42 and a half minutes tonight, and he really only played um, like that small stretch in, in overtime. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty, yeah. I don't want to say surprising, but like, uh, he had a fantastic game tonight. I mean, 22 and nine, really? uh, I felt very validated. Cause obviously I wrote a piece today about, <laughs> uh, miles's feel for the game and it was on full display tonight. I mean, the way that he was cutting, Absolutely. uh, was fantastic. Uh, I was wondering how his shot was going to look, um, with the, uh, small brace he had on his hand and he shot three of six from three today. Uh, took them all cleanly and really wasn't passing out of anything. There were one or two where I thought he maybe could have shot it, but for the most part, there was a defender in his face. Um, just all around had a great game. Uh, was uh, obviously a huge impactor defensively. Only had three blocks tonight, but you know, well, <laughs> you live you live with that. Um, just the total sarcasm didn't come off well, but uh, alas, I thought Miles was fantastic tonight. Yeah, absolutely, and and. You know, I, I know Bjorkman before the game was really lauding his guts to go out there and play, knowing, you know, there, there would probably be some pain and maybe discomfort with that hand and, and willing to play through it. But he he looked like, you know, he's even, you know, we've been saying he's kind of been on a mission this year. I mean, this was as determined as I've seen him play, I don't know, maybe ever. <laughs> Honestly, I felt like he read your article and then said, I'm going to show you everything from that article tonight. I mean, it was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Like you said, I mean, it really was. All the little things he's been doing, diving to the hoop, finishing, um, you know, defending, as we know, and, um, you know, handling the ball a little bit. He did get caught a couple times handling the ball. And mm-hmm. I, you know, that directly was impacted by his hand. I think he yeah. forgot a couple times there that he <laughs> he, uh, he had that brace on. But um, that was, I mean, you know, fantastic. A couple of those finishes. Around that the off the dribble just, three he had was just amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he and you know when he let that go, he knew it was money. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean it was. He he had that rhythm, um, and so, it, and he earned those extra. You know he he probably played what five to eight more minutes than usual. Maybe I guess more because really he didn't play in the overtime. So when you're looking at all those minutes, um, it's almost. 10 more minutes than he normally would have played. Um, and he earned them for sure. So, um, in, in on a night when, you know, Domus didn't have this huge, huge offensive night, but that was, you know, I think that was um, because Turner was there to, to pick it up and, and pick up that scoring slack. So, um, he didn't need to, need to score as heavy. Uh, but that, that makes for a great one-two punch. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. I was, I was really, uh, really pleased with how well he played. 
Um, I was a little bit apprehensive. I don't know. I always get a little bit apprehensive when guys come back from injuries that, and coaches are talking about the guys, uh, you know, playing, you know, his guts. Like as much as I enjoy hearing that, I also think about, well, what if he injures his hand more? Which obviously, you know, when you really think through it, the training staff's not going to okay him to play if he could injure it more. Uh, but still, right. I don't know. It's something you always think about. Um, How did you feel about Malcolm today? Yeah, you know, I thought he, you know, we talked about the minutes. Um, if this was not an overtime game, I think he would have only played 32 minutes. Yeah. And I remember looking at, at that. Um, it was like in the fourth quarter, I think, and he was in. It was He was at 26 minutes. And I'm like, okay. I think, you know, he, he's probably like, hey, I need to dial it back here a little bit. You know, possibly, of course, he goes overtime. Um, but, um, you know, I he, I felt like he was just kind of going through that game for a while, but then, you know, he, he was there at the end when they needed him. And, um, I don't know. He, he, he his game is just so, um, it's hard to, how, how, you know, his, the way his facial expression is so stoic. It's kind of how his game is, you know, and it's hard to tell, um, it, you know, his energy level just is steady Eddie the whole way through. Um, and sometimes that comes off as almost like, you know, when, when there's a player, there's a defense, you know, he, him, um, had a defensive lapse late in the game. And sometimes I, I feel like, you know, is he fully into this right here? You know, and I know he is, that's the type of player he is, but, um, it's hard to read him, you know, with his body language, like the Biles. I mean, he's oozing electricity tonight, right? Yeah. <laughs> you see the energy. Um, and you just don't. I, I guess you don't see that. That's not how bad the men is, the energy levels. So, um, but, uh, you know, and defensively on the, on the perimeter, um, you know, I feel like he's always struggling a little bit out there. But, but you know, I, he's playing, running the team essentially and, and making big plays. And obviously he hit the gamer and I had enough juice left which he didn't play 40 minutes maybe that would hit the front so <laughs> um but i don't know what do you think of the game yeah no that's that's part of what i want to bring up i mean i thought that he played really well also really funny that you mentioned uh his facial expressions mark monteith had a really good tweet about that and how you know no matter how well he's playing or how well the team's playing yeah um, he always has the same face on and uh it's just kind of I, I i agree i mean you totally see that with him uh, like he's doing this post game interview, not even two minutes after hitting the game winning three, and he doesn't have a smile on his face. Which I, I you know, I'm yeah. never really, that's that's just how he is. You know, I I was never like a big smiler in sports or anything either. So I feel that you know it's not like it's indicative of anything, but it's just kind of funny. Um, I really thought today. I mean, it was eight of eighteen from the field, two of five from three, uh, five attempts at the line, final finished with twenty three, uh, three and six. Uh, so obviously a really good stat line. He did have four turnovers, but. All in all, I mean, I thought he played a good game. The biggest thing, though, uh, which we'll talk more about in the second segment, too, but I just felt like Orlando really uh, honed in on him. They were trapping a lot of the ball screens on yeah. him, just forcing him to pass out a lot. I really didn't think he even got going too much. Uh, he, he didn't really get going early. Uh, kind of got going down the down the stretch when they really needed him to, and especially in OT. So I, I totally agree with him, uh, maybe not um, – not that he wasn't engaged, but you, you get what I'm saying. He wasn't really forcing anything early. Um, and But also Orlando was really forcing him to not be able to force anything early too. Um, 
like I felt like half the fouls on Justin Holiday were not fouls. Um, and that's not that's me, you know me, Tom. I'm not a homer, but uh some yeah. of the fouls that, that Justin got called for, I just did not understand how they were fouls. Um, it was kind of a weirdly officiated game. I, I thought on both sides today. Like I honestly, as much as I love Domas, I mean he piled drives Nikola Vucevic like three times, three <laughs> yeah. possessions in a row. You cannot tell me one of those was not an offensive foul. Like that it is almost definitely an offensive foul. You just leveled him with his shoulder. Yeah, and I think Justin he seems to always get the tickiest tack of type of fouls on him. Mm-hmm. Um jumping up or, or getting a hand in there when, you know, that's not always called on everybody, but um, I guess he's, he's still earning the, uh, earning the vet calls. But, um, but yeah, it, it, and you see those replays of Sabonis going to the lane and it's like, there's contact, you know, and a couple of times, I mean, God, it's just almost um, caved in, you know, his whole chest. Yeah getting hammered um and then it's just like okay after they make that initial contact then it's like the play is on um and um you know then the Sabonis can go from there and then they might call a foul but it, it's crazy how he always just initiates that first foul you gotta wonder if maybe, you know that might be something you know especially when you get into a playoff series and you start working the refs between games and things like that if you know Teams will be, you know, setting up to, you know, lure them into that big blow and then try to take, you know, a foul, get a foul off of them. So, um, but, you know, he, he's uh, he's still being effective. Almost had the triple double tonight, and it was just, you know, you mentioned you mentioned the the struggles Brogdon had, kind of um, getting going and and what they were taking away from him, and it was, you know. They scored 120 points, but I felt it just felt like they they weren't dialed in, you know, in this game. And it felt I just felt like a game they were going to let slip away, and then it really felt like it when you know at both at the end of regulation and in overtime, and then somehow they just find a way to to uh, get back in the game and, and get it done. So um, that's what's been fun about this team is that you know you can't turn it off because. Um, they, they just need like a minute to get it going again and, and uh, get back in the game. So, um, boy, they, but they really needed that win. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I think that is actually a really good place to leave off and go into our second segment. Um, so we will be right back in just a minute. Welcome back, Pacers fans. All right, so Tom, this is this is exactly what I was waiting for. That was a great segue. Um, I don't think the Pacers deserve to win this game tonight, to be completely honest with you. Um, I, I mean, I'm Absolutely. just in looking at the box score, thinking about how they played Nicole Vucevic went 10 of 29 tonight. And I can tell you that was not from good defense by the Pacers because the Pacers defense was not good tonight. Um, that is just my, I don't know if you felt similarly. I felt like miles played on Vooch individually pretty well. He got back down a few times, but we know that's going to happen with miles. He's not, the strongest in his lower body. So it's a tough matchup for him. And Vooch is to his, I mean, I thought Vooch was really darn good tonight outside of the shooting. Obviously his gravity was huge. Um, I did not understand why they kept doubling off of him and letting him shoot. He's shooting close to 40% from three this year. And he's been a good shooter for a couple of years now. Um, 
But overall, my point is, I mean, Evan Fournier went six of 12 from the free throw line. He's an above 80% free throw shooter. Um, they left Vooch open on, on almost, it felt like every single three and he took nine and he went 10 of 29 and missed a couple bunnies. Uh, overall, I just felt like there were so many instances where uh, the Pacers gave uh, gave the Magic an opportunity to win the game. And and luckily, Orlando did not seize it. Um, like, even if, if Fournier just hits one of those uh, extra free throws, um, when he when he got that that three-shot foul, that should probably not have been a foul. Mm-hmm. Um, but he got it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, I just felt like the Pacers are really lucky to escape with a win tonight. And Terrence Ross no, I mean, was not – I thought Terrence Ross was he, – he came in and had, like, two quick buckets right away. It was looking yeah, like he was just going to go off and have his <laughs> usual game against the Pacers. And, and luckily that did not happen tonight. Yeah. I know. It seems like Ross and Fournier, it's like they seem to always get going against the Pacers. I'm always like, why are these guys all-star? <laughs> yeah, I wonder what they're doing in these other games, obviously. But for some reason, um, uh, they get going against the Pacers. But you're right. I mean, that that's kind of how I felt. I felt like this game just smells like a loss, the whole, almost the whole way through. Um, you know, they got the slow start, and then the Pacers made that run, but then they, they gave it back. And I always feel like after you make that big run, if you give it back, then you're, you're kind of in trouble um, in, in these games. But uh, especially the way, you know, I mean, they were, they were almost what they, 45% from uh, three-point. And, um, you know, what was that? Seventeen for thirty-seven. So mm-hmm. um, that's a good night shooting. That usually will get get you a win. Um, and again, that was you know the Pacers leaving some guys open. And like you say, Vucevic, he he had uh, he left a little meat meat on the bone out there for sure. And um, uh, you know it was some of those shots. Even the last shot, Fournier got off. Oh, I was um, I was you know, definitely gritting my teeth. It was a open. Bit. It, it, exactly, you know, it was he was like, open on it. It was like he got he got a clean look, and um, and it's just like oh man, you know, so so many of those bounces, um, especially when when they had a little lead and then they couldn't, they had chances to extend it a little further, mm-hmm. and were unable to. Um, that that was the biggest thing. So yeah, I'm sure the magic was like kicking themselves. Um, trying to figure out how in the hell they, they didn't, you know, get that win, especially when they've been struggling late. So, um, and, you know, that, that probably maybe that mindset fighting through those struggles and, and and the Pacers just don't seem to have that mindset, I think, with Sabonis and Brogdon. And then it's just like, you know, we'll keep going. We'll keep trying to make a play and, and win. And and uh, that's what they did. So, um, I you know, I, it's the NBA, and that's why I said JWB, baby. <laughs> it doesn't matter how ugly they are. They all count. And now, you know, Pacers are going to be uh, tied for second place here. Yeah, the no, East. I know. I saw that. I, I, I did just see that because Boston lost tonight. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, there's – okay, one one other thing I do want to hit on, though. With the defense, um, I mean, I'm. did you feel like the defense was super disjointed tonight, too? Because there was just – I mean, uh, I know that this, the, the, the defense was – just too, super disjointed. I mean, there was miscommunication yeah. just all across the board, that's all over the, the thing place. That I feel is that you know, it's just fallen off. Um, since becoming a chronic issue, 
that's the thing that's becoming a chronic issue is you know, and it's not just victor i mean i think it, even before victor got traded it was happening but it, it's been really bad the last couple of games yeah but it's the communication the switching um not in sync and i mean i know they they're you know altering defensive approaches here and there um which may have something to do with that you know guys getting used to doing that i don't know but it seems like there's a lot of breakdowns um and you see i mean you see guys talking it out but um they, they definitely are, are a long long ways from being in sync on that defensive end and it really doesn't help when you don't you know they do lose victor um which you know takes uh, a key guy out of there who was in that, you know, initial rotation. But then with the injuries, you just had all these other lineups where not everybody's playing, um, haven't played together a lot. So, um, you know, it's natural to have those communication issues or, or trust issues, I guess. Um, and now, you know, with, with Lamb in the mix and, um, you know, it's probably going to be an, an issue as well. But, um, that that definitely is a, a priority to get get that stuff ironed out, um, especially you know, assuming Miles will be able to hang on and be, you know, continue to play um, through this hand thing. You know, they pretty much have their guys right now for the you know for the you know I'd say at least a month or two, you know a month or two um, what their team's going to be without LeVert and Warren. So um, they got to hone in now and, and hopefully they can stay healthy enough to get several games together and and work that stuff out. Um, because like like we said, the schedule isn't going to get any easier either. Um, and they really got to get going because when they run into some of those elite teams, that's when they've uh, gotten cooked uh, real bad when, when they're not in sync. So... Yeah, I, I would, I'm sure that um, Brooklyn's got to be be uh, trying to iron out that defense going forward. Yeah, most definitely. And I, I think it's not even that I'm trying to hammer it too hard. I think you just know uh, you saw the team not missing all these rotations to begin the year, and it's just weird to see it happening yeah. now and popping up the way that it is now after seeing the baseline of how good the defense looked at the beginning of the year. So I think that's just where um, – the kind of disconnect is, and I'm, I'm, I'm really hopeful that we'll see it kind of get back to another level. And again, you know, the injuries don't help, but at the same time, I think yeah. enough of it's like, it's not just injuries. Um, so <laughs> another thing that I want to talk about really quick before we get out of here, that it's not even bad. It's just confusing, uh, confusing to bad. All right. Gogutaze did not play again. He played like 10 seconds to close yeah. out the first <laughs> half. Um, I thought he'd maybe open up the second half, which obviously was, uh, incorrect thought. And Edmund Sumner only played two and a half minutes tonight. I I, I want to go back and watch uh, in the morning to see why Ed didn't play after the two and a half minutes because with how well he's played the last, I think it's four games he's been uh, in the starting lineup and playing. And I don't think he was in the starting lineup the last game. I can't remember right off the top of my head. But um, with how well he had played and it feeling like he really had cemented a spot in the rotation, um, it was just weird to see him not get playing time. I mean, TJ McConnell ended up playing 31 minutes. Um, Aaron only played 17. Granted, he did not have an awesome game tonight, so I'm, I'm not expecting more out of him. But 
I'm just it feels like there were minutes for Edmund Sumner and especially after Goga not playing in the last game and playing against a team that plays even bigger in Orlando. I mean, they were playing they played Ken Birch like 15 minutes today, uh, 27 minutes. It felt like less. But um, I mean, they routinely would run Vooch and Ken Birch together. Uh, and that's the only team that I can think of in the league right now that runs uh, two fives together other than the Pacers. Yeah. So it just felt like if there was going to be an opportunity for Goga to play minutes, it, it would have probably been tonight. Um, even though, you know, you're obviously trying to win the game. I think you, you have to try and get the minutes, especially after, I mean, Nate Bjorken was asked about it in, in post game. And he was like, you know, that's on me. I have to reevaluate that and look at that. And I, it was my decision to not play Goga. Um, so I don't know. I just thought it was a little bit funky. Um, I was definitely more questioning of Ed getting so few minutes though. Yeah, and honestly, I don't even know if Summer would have played if, if uh, Justin didn't get in foul trouble. Yeah, um, early because I felt like he got he got pulled in there um, to to play, and then um, I think when Lamb got kind of going and playing well, they just left him out there. And so yeah, I mean, so that's uh, more of a eight man rotation there, really, um, if you combine Summer and Holiday. So <coughs> excuse me. Um, I mean, yeah, here we are. <laughs> Similar to what we were saying after the last game. It's like um, these opportunities are there, it seems like, for these guys to play. But, um, again, they're scrambling, trying to win these games as well. So, I don't know. Um, I, I, I mean, Sabonis is just a machine at this point. Um, I, I really thought with Brogdon playing a few minutes tonight until he went to OT. <laughs> Um, that that was, you know, a concerted effort to, um, you know, shape, you know, downshift one a little bit on his minutes, maybe to give him a little rest, um, because the way that played out. And, and I, I think Lamb also helps with that because of the, um, you know, his size and the type of player he is, um, as opposed to, you know, like with all of them, McConnell. Um, that gives him a, a different guy to to uh, keep on the floor uh, when when uh, Brogdon's out uh, for matchups. But um, overall, though, that other guy would be Edmund Sutton. I mean, you know, ten minutes would be good and be able to keep Brogdon down there in the low thirties as well. So um, I hear what you're saying, and uh, we'll see. It, it you know. Same thing we've been saying almost every game here now. Yeah. Uh, we just don't know, know when that opportunity is going to come for the Yeah. And even then, like, I'm not trying to rip on TJ McConnell. I thought he had a, he had a solid game, but part of it's that we know who TJ McConnell is and what he brings to the game. And uh, I mean, we saw in, in the, in the fourth quarter when the offense really was kind of struggling to generate points um, in the middle of the quarter and early on, I mean, TJ was out there, uh, for a lot of that. And part of the issue is if he's out there with Malcolm and Malcolm's running the actions, I mean, they just leave TJ wide open. They, and, and they're able to to crunch in on everything else. And the, the offense really bogs down and as good as TJ is at moving around off ball and, and being active and um, making things happen. It just, when you're six foot one and you are not a vertical leaper and you're really just not a threat to score without the ball in your hands, um, I mean, without, you know, kind of dominating the ball a little bit, it's just uh, it, it almost felt like they were playing four on five on offense. Um, 
so it's I mean it, with Ed, he obviously he's not really a shooter. He's more of a shooter than TJ is, but he can at least attack closeouts. Um, so you look at that, and I, I don't know. It's just a little bit confusing to me. I'm interested to see how that plays out. But again, it's the stuff we've been talking about. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. I mean, McCall played as much as he's he's played all year, in my opinion. I mean, it, it was uh, uh, he he and Lamb ended up playing so many minutes, and um, and, it, and like you say, I mean, it wasn't all good. <laughs> was on good minutes, yeah, when they're able to leave him at the three line and he's really doesn't want to shoot it. Um and that and they you know, I'm sure that's just um a beautiful sight for the uh, opponent, you know, when they're trying to defend all that stuff and they can they can, you know, add some somebody inside kinda of to help be there for, for Domas or whatever they're trying to, to work through. Um then yeah, you you gotta switch something up there, it seems like. But yeah, McConnell he he'll make those plays, you know, and, and I mean he obviously is gonna be a key part. He's apparently you know, he he's carved out a pretty big role here with Joe Caragas, you trust him. So, um it gets down to that, you know, same thing of how much is gonna be development, how much is gonna be we're going for the win and, and trying to do it we you know. What what's best for that team right at that moment? It feels like we have the answer for that already. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, it's like it is even. I mean, it's not. It's I don't want to say worse than McMillan, but I mean, it's the same thing, really. It's like that. That's how always. And I mean, and you know, in McMillan's defense on that, I always felt like you know. He is coaching for a job every night, you know. Yeah. Obviously, if you don't win, it, no one cares if you develop a player. Um, so he doesn't care, <laughs> honestly. On, on some level, it's like he wants to just get a game plan together that matches up with the team and plan, and then come out with a win. Um, and then, you know, the other guys, it, it, it's on them to be pros and be ready. And if they need them. You know, and there's cases where you might need them, then they got to be ready to go. So, but yeah, you know, we would be, like you said, looking forward to watching that again, just to see in those minutes with, with Sumner and see what was going on there today. Because that was, uh, you know, I, I really thought he would have gotten back, back in there at least. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, Tom, unless you have anything else to, to get off your chest, I think that's a good place to leave off. It was a win, after all, as, as you as you said. A win is a win. JWB. Yes, go. JWB. Pacers are now 9-6, and six, <laughs> tied for second in the East, so can't complain too much. But, again, we, we, we do want to see some things uh, some things happen differently. But uh, we'll, we will be back. I actually am talking with uh, Chris Walder tomorrow to do a preview for the uh, – for the Raptors series, and we will obviously be doing post games after those. So we have uh, we have some stuff coming up. Tom, I will talk to you not tomorrow. Uh, my week is so much stuff. I get, we'll talk on Sunday or whenever. But uh, to everyone, to everyone listening, thank yeah, you for the, listening. Oh wait, what were you gonna say? Oh no, I was just gonna say we get the early. They moved the tip to one p.m. on Sunday. Oh, I know. Um, I, it was originally at three three thirty. So it's gonna be gonna be a, a little brunch in the Pacers. 
Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's nice because it's going to happen earlier, but at the same time, that's uh, it just throws throws me through my schedule. But we'll, <laughs> we'll make it work. Uh, to everyone listening, thank you for listening. Uh, of course, again, if you haven't already, be sure to go rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. Most importantly, just have a good rest of your day. Thank you for listening.